This is a Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 157. Uh, nope, that's not the one. Uh, come on. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he once got a Tic Tac stuck up his nose, Pat Flynn. Now, as you know, I've been in the podcasting space for quite a long time now, and I've had a lot of success with the multiple shows and, and episodes and even the courses I've created. Part of my success is due to how particular I've been in the tools that I use. And one of my favorite tools is Buzzsprout. For those of you who are not familiar with Buzzsprout, you need to be because if you have a podcast or you're looking to start one, Buzzsprout is by far the easiest way to start podcasting and they're making it even easier. This is a podcast host and it allows you to get listed on all the top directories, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. I use it myself. They've provided advanced stats for us now so that you can track your podcast downloads and understand exactly what things are happening with your show, which is really key, right? Just there's not a lot of data that uh, a lot of tools give us access to and Buzzsprout is some of the best. They'll even help you build a website for your podcast so your audience can easily find you online and listen to all the episodes right from your site too, if, even if you don't have a website. On the technical side, this is one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. Through the host, Buzzsprout, you can automatically optimize your audio through their newest feature, Magic Mastering. So Magic Mastering is like an Instagram filter, but for your audio. And it takes the audio you have and just automatically masters it to match the Apple Podcast authoring best practices. It's totally awesome. Just, I love them because not only is it just a super easy tool to use, but I know the team there. They are the sponsor of this episode. And I wanted to make sure you got to know who they are because they're they're a great tool. And if you're just starting out with Buzzsprout, you can actually get a special deal. Their plans start at $12 a month. Buzzsprout is a wonderful partner of mine and, you know, you can actually get 33% more time on your plan, whichever plan you choose, just through this link alone. And that's smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. And that's a huge deal, 33% extra time on your plan just by going through that link. You can claim that again by going to smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. Check them out, they're awesome. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me once again for another episode of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. This is episode 156, and I couldn't be more excited because today's guest is somebody who I first saw on a TED Talk, and this was one of those TED Talks where when you start watching, you can't stop, and it was just a, such a cool, inspiring story and something I related to because this person was going through a time in his life when he just completely feared being rejected, just just with anything, really. And I know this is something that a lot of us can relate to. It's definitely something that I've lived with for, for a very long time, the fear of being rejected and that stopping you potentially from doing things that could be awesome and fun and life-changing because you're just afraid of people saying no. So to help himself get over this fear, he put himself in situations called 100 Days of Rejection. So for 100 days, he put himself in situations where he wanted to be rejected to just help himself get over the fear. And a lot of cool, amazing things have come out of that. He did a number of things, and he actually kept track of them on his site, which is uh, now you can find at fearbuster.com. He has this whole list of 100 Days of Rejection from pumping gas for strangers or um, putting sunglasses on random people to uh, racing random people, dry cleaning his tire, getting his hair trimmed at PetSmart, all these random things that you know he purposefully put himself in, in those situations to get rejected. This is similar to when Noah Kagan came on in an episode a long time ago, and he challenged a lot of people to go to Starbucks and ask for a discount. 
that training is really helpful, especially for entrepreneurs who have to put themselves in situations where they might be rejected quite often. And sometimes if, if you completely fear rejection, it's going to stop you from doing the things you need to do to move forward with your business and just experience amazing things in, in life. And this is why I actually look for this fear now as a sign similar to what Stephen Pressfield says in The War of Art. I look for fear and that resistance as a sign that that is actually something I should be doing. Now, of course, our guest today, his name is Jia Jiang. He takes us to a whole new level and just, just completely puts himself in odd situations. And the interesting thing is a lot of people actually said yes to the things he asked for. So, he, so he's gonna talk about that. Also, his new book called Rejection Proof, How I Beat Fear and Became Invincible Through 100 Days of Rejection. So without further ado, here's Jia Jiang from fearbuster.com. Here he is. What's up, SPI? I'm so happy to welcome Jia Jiang to the SPI podcast today. What's up, Jia? Thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, I'm, I'm glad to be here, Pat. So I have to say, just the way that we've been able to connect with each other is a great story because I've, I've seen you before on a TED Talk, and it was one of the most inspiring TED Talks I've ever seen. And a lot of you listening to this may have seen this TED Talk already. It's about rejection. And Ja put himself to the ultimate test and tried to be rejected as many times as he could. And I'll have him talk about that story. But it's interesting because I mentioned that I don't even remember how long ago, but Ja reached out back to me and he said, Pat, I, rem I, I listened to your show and I heard you talk about me. And then this is sort of how we got connected. And then I wanted to have him come on the show and talk about this idea of, of fear that we have and how okay it is to just be rejected. And this is something that I need help with all the time too. So yeah, just like, just thank you for what you do. Can you talk a little bit about your story and how you got to where you're at now? Yeah, of course. And just before that, I want to talk about the story. It's, it's a, a friend of mine um, that when I was running my startup, and then just when the, all the craziness was going on with me, with my TED talk and my 100 days of rejection uh, journey. And one day he just called me and he said, hey, do you know Pat Flynn? I'm like, uh, no, I don't. That, that was about two years, almost two years ago. And he's like, you know, he talked about you. He's, you know, his, pos uh, his podcast is super cool. You should, you should listen to it. Then I listened to it. I'm like, you know what? I love this guy. I love this <laughs> podcast. So I'm just going to start listening. So uh it's crazy. A couple a year and a half later, um, we're talking. Yeah, and and you told me just before we started recording that that now you're sort of a regular listener to the show, and also ask Pat too. Yeah, I do. I do. I think it's super informative and helpful, and I I love the way you're doing interviews. You just got this. You got this. You got this radio sound, man. What? <laughs> no. I think it's the mic. The, the mic makes me sound better than I do in real life. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think when I'm going on my uh, book tour, I need to meet you in, uh, in uh, San Diego and listen to how you really sound. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. We'll talk about <laughs> your book in a second. But why don't you go back to sort of your origin story and sort of what you talked about in that TED Talk video? Sure. Um, so the whole story is um, it started really long time ago when I was a, a teenager. I, I grew up in Beijing, China. Um, I've it's all I wanted was to be an entrepreneur. You know, there are other people who wanted to be many things. You know, I, I listened to Bill Gates coming to um, Beijing to give a talk. And I just was just fascinated with his story. You know, he changed the world. And I thought, you know, maybe I can change the world too. So that's, that's my um, beginning. You know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I came to America along at 16 years old, um, you know, doing one year of uh, being an exchange student and, uh, uh, then I went to um, college. And so that's the that's how I came to this country. And just over the years, I've climbed the corporate ladder 
uh, and uh, and got a, got an MBA and edit everything and got my American dream was a house and dog and uh, you know a beautiful wife and just everything. But just one thing that was missing it was that childhood dream I had that was inspired by Bill Gates. You know, I I know we'll grow up wanting to do something, but a lot of us change course. Mm-hmm. But I, I was never that comfortable with the idea of not following through on that dream to be entrepreneur. So you know, after a while, I just had to quit. Um, so I quit my job, um, you know, really cold and, uh, and just I, quit. Just, just quit. Wow. Well, I had this chat with my wife, you know, my, the thing is, you know, being married, you, you have, you have to talk with your wife about this. And the thing is at the time, the reason is my wife is pregnant, you know, she, we're about to have our first baby. And the thing is that got me a little bit depressed because, you know, I thought if I couldn't become the entrepreneur, when I was a single guy, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates, when they did that in high school or college, I couldn't do that as a guy who, who graduated. Um, I, was in, I was in corporate, you know, at the time, and I couldn't do it after graduate school. How can I do it now, you know, being a father? Mm. So, so that's the conversation, you know, many people, you know, there are a lot of people who, who say they're, they're, the birth of the child kind of put their dreams to, to, to rest. But to me, the birth of my child kind of uh, propelled me to fulfill that dream. It's that time, I, uh, you know, it's the time that I knew I couldn't wait any longer. So four days before my kid was born, my wife, you know, uh, and I decided I should quit my job. So wow. it, was, it was the worst timing, but uh, I just had to do it. Okay, so what happened next? I mean, I can't believe that, um, especially that time of your life. I mean, what, I mean, aren't you thinking about you know, money for your family at that point? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. We thought about everything. We thought about money and we thought about responsibility. We thought about how you will look in front of our friends or especially my in-laws, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> those are not easy things to do. Um, but the thing is, you know, we, we zoomed out, you know, and, and my wife just saw, saw me saying, you know, I, you know, we can't, you, you can go back to the corporate. You can get another job. Those are, those things are good. They're, they're fine. But you cannot live with this type of regret going forward. And I just know, like, you know, 20 years later, when you're a kid, it's like, you know, um, in, in college and you have another kids and things like that. You're going to look back and, you know, just, just, you know, just kick yourself. So he said, you know, just take six months and build this company and, and do what you want to do. And if by the end you can build this you know, successfully, have traction with the investment and customers, then we keep going. You know, otherwise... You give this a try and didn't work. That, that's fine. You have no regret. So it's basically, she gave me a, a deadline to achieve my dream. And I think that's having a deadline is important. Mm-hmm. It's also liberating because it just feels like, you know, I know what's going to happen and I, I need to deliver. So it's, it's both a motivation, but also some liberation as well. Yeah. And just kudos to your wife for allowing you to do that. I mean, I think uh, I'm in the same boat in terms of that support that you have and having somebody close to you who really believes in what you can do. Um, I think that that's really cool. But sort of your wife took it to the next level and was like, hey, I'll let you do this. I know this is a crazy time, <laughs> but you have this amount of time before we, we say, okay, maybe this isn't the way we're going to go. Let's go back to where we were. Yeah. And also another thing that really helped was uh, this guy, his name is Larry Smith. And he gave a TED Talk um, uh, at the University of uh, Washington, I believe. He talked about a lot of people use families as reasons for them not to achieve their own dreams because they have to be responsible and so on and so forth. And they often say, I sacrifice all my dreams so you, meaning their kids, can achieve their dreams. 
So it's like an excuse. And that's the worst thing that, that can happen to the kids. What they should say is, I went, I went for it and achieved my dream. So you can, you can go for it and achieve yours too. So I, I took that as my motto and, uh, you know, I used the, uh, the burst on my son as a catapult for me to, um, you know, to start doing something. Okay. And then when you quit, what, did, did you have any idea of what you were going to do or did you start sort of researching on day one after you quit? Like, where did you go from there? Yeah, I had this idea and I have been doing this on the side a little bit. So I had this idea about, uh, building a mobile app, you know, who doesn't, right? Um, <laughs> this, right. this idea was, uh, use gamification to make sure we keep our promises. So basically, I, Pat, I tell you something, I'll be on your show, and uh, then I send you something. Then you, and then if I fulfill that that promise, you give me a score. So it's, it's, it's that idea. So I've been so I've been working on this for, on the side. Then when I quit, I just went into I just went uh, full time, and I hired an engineer to help me with that. Okay, and then how did that go? Well, it actually went uh, well in terms of the initial feedback and and also uh, talking to people. Uh, you know, the like um, the people who are seasoned entrepreneurs and they, they like this idea. They think this thing can go somewhere if they can really execute it. Then what I found is, you know, six months was really really short. And so I made this um, uh, commitment to show traction, and that comes either in uh, laws of customers or some investment uh, in terms of the money flowing in. So four months in, uh, I had this opportunity to get an investment from an angel investor. I pitched this idea, you know, I mean, I and the whole team, my whole team, you know, at the time we got four people mm-hmm. already. Um, you know, we practiced, we practiced the pitch. It was like Shark Tank, you know. It was, uh, so we made that pitch, and, uh, but we thought it went really well. But, you know, in the end, we, we got turned down uh, pretty cold. So that episode kind of revealed something that I didn't know before. I, I, you know, I thought I was prepared for this event. I thought I was mentally tough. I was trying to encourage everyone else, but I just couldn't believe how how much paralyzed I was. Was that was a simple rejection? You know, I thought, wow, maybe this is a sign from God that you do you shouldn't do this. You know, and this maybe you should save some time and look for a job right now. I have all these kind of stories in my mind. I just didn't want to. It made me just just so fearful and paralyzed. So then that's when I thought, man, I, you, know, you got a problem. You know, it, like, do you think Bill Gates would feel this way after a simple rejection? Or you know, if you want to be a good entrepreneur, you have to be a little bit tougher than that. That's where at the moment I felt um, I have to do something about not just my company, but myself. Okay. So you put all this effort and time and money into maybe you had money saved up for the purpose of building this application and your team. It's all leading up to the point, this culmination, this climax where you have an angel investor who you envision giving you all this money to then take it to the next level and market it and do all this stuff. And then sort of your dreams get crushed when, when they say, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna help you out. Yeah. And and the thing is I I put a lot into that and you know, the thing is, the rejections that really hurt are the ones that you feel there's no way you wouldn't get. You know, maybe there's some self-delusion, you know, like maybe some delusional thinking in there. But when you believe, I believed that it's almost like a destiny for me to succeed was, you know, was my entrepreneurial venture. Mm-hmm. Just because I grew up wanting it and now it's the first time that I feel I have the freedom and guts to actually pursue it. And there's no way the world wouldn't help me. But then, you know. It isn't, <laughs> so it didn't happen, and then it just felt—I I just felt crushed. Yeah, I mean, it, it reminds me of when I was in the world of architecture, and I had dedicated a whole chunk of my life to studying it, to being in the corporate world, and thinking it was completely safe. And then all of a sudden, I get 
this notice that I'm going to get laid off out of nowhere, I didn't have a plan B. I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. Um, obviously, most of the people who are listening to this know that it turned out for the better. Yeah. Talk, talk about how this sort of turned out for you or where you went from from the moment of that initial rejection, how you kind of went, wh- where did you go from there? Yeah, so, you know, I, I decided that there's, I need to be stronger. You know, I need to be like, for for lack of a better word, like a bad, you know, um, I just can't let this affect me this much. So I went and searched and to see what, what, what are the ways you can get stronger? What are the ways you can become a, uh, like a better entrepreneur and overcome this fear of rejection that you have? So wait, I came wait, across- hold on, but sorry to interrupt, uh, Gia, but I think a lot of people at that point would just give up and say, okay, this is a sign that this is not for me. I was in over my head. I'm just going to pack up the bags and go back to this world that I'm comfortable with. What made you decide to 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 go on and be stronger and conquer this sphere of rejection? Um, I think it's there's this sense of being intentional. I, I was very intentional in every move I made when I quit my job and being an entrepreneur. Um, it's about the company, it's about the product, but I was very. I keep this in, in on my mind that it's also about me. Right. It's about me. I have to fulfill that mission. I have to, you know, I have to be better at what, how, you know, what I was doing. And I was, I knew staying all these years in corporate made me almost timid to a point. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. want to stand out. You don't want to take risks. Otherwise, you might lose your job. And if you, uh, you know, make a mistake, there's the team that's out there that's, that's taking this, you know, there's politics and all that. But being entrepreneur had, had none of that. You know, a, a win or a lose is on you, you know, yeah. there's no excuse. So I was very intentional. And I, you know, once I get this rejection, I thought, you know, it's, it's, I can feel that if I lose my hope, if I became deflated, if I tell my team, if this, that, you know, at that moment, the team, you know, the, I mean, basically what a major loss and t- the team can sense each other's spirit. And if they feel that the, their leader is weak and their leader is about to give up, that's when the things fall apart. So, and I couldn't fall apart. And that's why I thought, how can I not fall apart? You know, uh, what kind of help can I get? Do, do you think that's a quality of, of your own that you were sort of born with since you said you've always wanted to do this as you're a kid? Or is this something that people can learn? Because I think a lot of people can can hear what you're saying and 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 maybe relate to it, but maybe they feel like, oh, well, that's not me. I'm not the person who always felt like I could achieve anything or, or is always intentional. You know, some people are more reactive than proactive. You seem more proactive. Can somebody who is reactive become proactive? That's a great question. And I absolutely think you can learn this. Mm-hmm. You know, with, uh, one of the biggest myths is like you're born this way, right? You're, right. I think we're born in certain ways. Our personality, maybe our intelligence to a point, our, especially the way we look. But the thing is, the way, you know, we all go through lives meeting all kind of um, problems and uh, adversities. And it's, we have no control over that sometimes. Things just happen. But we have control on how to how to react to it, you know, and and, and something that you can, we can just make a decision. We can learn to do it. And but it's not easy. You have to really put a lot of thoughts into this. You have to make a conscious decision saying, you know, hey, I have to take control of what I can control, you know, instead of worrying about the things that I cannot control. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I do think it's something people can learn. Nice. Great answer. Okay. Now uh, I'll stop interrupting you and, and why don't you keep going from there? So, uh, keep going. 
Yeah, so basically, I started certain ways so I can overcome my fear of rejection. So I came across this game called Rejection Therapy. I'm sure uh, some of your uh, listeners know what it is. It's basically a card game that that um, that asks you to get rejected every day. So instead of running away from rejection, you actually go go out and look for it. That way, if you do it enough, it desensitizes you from the pain of rejection. And I thought it's a brilliant idea, you know, it's, and not only that, it's fun. But one thing is I want to do my own rejection therapy. I, I don't want to use a card game. I want to start a blog. I want to uh, do this for 100 days. I want to share my experience with the world because by doing that, and, and I've learned this over and over again, if you make something public, you know, like how when I, when I quit my job, I told the whole world about it, basically, and that as many people as possible because I want to give myself pressure. I want to tell them that I'm, I can't silently back out of this. Otherwise, people will be laughing at me. The same thing with 100 Days of Rejection is I want to tell the world that I'm doing this. And if I don't finish this, um, you can hold me accountable. And because I know you'll be, you'll be hard. So I started this blog, 100 Days of Rejection. You can find that at fearbuster.com. It's basically uh, me trying to think about ways, funny and uh, ways I can be rejected every day. And, um, you know, I, I, I love to put humor, uh, humor spin, uh, spin on things. You know, like, for example, the first day I, I went to a stranger and asked for um, $100 from, 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 from a stranger. It's a it's security guard. It was really scary. And I, I look at my videos on YouTube. You know, I, I filmed it. And I look like I, I saw dead people, you know. <laughs> I was, so you were going out there and looking for ways yes. to get rejected. Yes. And I filmed it uh, with an iPhone. I filmed, filmed myself to do it. And yeah, it was really scary. Um, you know, even though I knew that pro- things probably not going to happen, you know, he's not probably not going to, you know, beat me up or get extremely upset. I was really, really scary, uh, scared uh, for asking such a thing. So. The thing is, so I went back and uh, I went and started analyzing my own video. I found out that, you know, there are things I could do that can maybe make a difference. I mean, by the way, the person said no, like a really quick no. I just <laughs> ran afterward. You ran? <laughs> I ran. Yeah, I literally <laughs> ran. I, I mean, he, he said no, but he asked me like, why? Why, why, would you, uh, why would you ask for such thing? I didn't even hear him finish the sentence. I just got, you know, I just got out of there. I was so scared. But, and I feel that a lot of people are like me on that first rejection attempt. You know, we are, um, rejection is really a painful thing. You know, it turned out to be like a biological thing that comes from um, some sort of uh, evolutionary uh, traits in the past. Um, But uh, that's so deeply embedded in our our brain that we hate hearing no. And when we do our, when we hear no, our brain reacts as if we're like slapped physically. You know, there's that pain killing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thing that, that our brain release, you know, to, to, re- to relieve the pain. So I, I run away from that. And then the second day I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try something a little bit different. I'm going to sustain the conversation after a no. I'm going to just ask why and, and why would he said no and have some fun. So the next day I went and uh, I asked, um, uh, went to Five Guys Burger, that's right. <laughs> uh, I asked them to give me a burger refill. You know, they, you know, you got drink refill. I'm like, you know, why not get a burger refill? So <laughs> I asked for that. And the guy said no and asked why. And then he was like, well, that, that's the way it is. We don't do it. Um, so we, we both had a laugh and that left. And I found out, wow, just by not running away, I felt so much better. 
you know, it's it's like um, uh, it's like in a battlefield, right? I wasn't routed by the by the enemy. Uh, if you know, if I lose the battle or if I get a no, if I can just stay there and just chat a little bit, that decreased the pain level by so much. And um, I wasn't afraid anymore. Just after one day, you know, just I mean, it wasn't the fear was not all gone, but I made huge improvement just by doing that. So for the next hundred days, you know, I, I kind of did that gradually. Day by day, I learned something new, and I found I learned so much every day by by these experiments. You know, uh, you know about negotiation, about you know charisma, about communication. So that's why I, you know I wrote a book about it now. <laughs> that's so cool. What is the name of your book? The book is called Rejection Proof: um, How I Beat Fear and Became Invincible Through 100 Days of Rejection. That's awesome. It, it, it just came out, so you can find that on Amazon.com. Nice. So we'll have links to it in the show notes as well. I, I, it's really interesting because I just listened to a podcast the other day. By It's a brand new podcast, at least the time that we're recording this, called Invisibilia. And in their second episode, they have a whole episode dedicated to fear and the psychology of it and that stuff. And they mentioned this rejection therapy game. It's it's by a guy named uh, Jason Comley. Jason Comley, yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's a friend of mine now. You know, oh, really? No it's way. It's story since... Uh, uh, since I did this blog, uh, my blog went viral. I could go into that story, how, how that went, how, how that became so popular. Ever since that, and Conley has, you know, and I have been um, connecting. You know, we've been chatting each with each other, giving each other ideas. You know, he's a real gentleman. That's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. and there's there's a few cool things about this article or this podcast episode that uh, you know, just I was even thinking of you when I was listening to this, and I was I was kind of baffled that they didn't mention you in this episode, unfortunately. But um, they, they, there's a part in this article related to this podcast episode I heard um, that, that says, and I quote, most fears aren't real in the way you think they are. They're just a story you tell yourself and you can choose to stop repeating it. You can choose to stop listening. And, and something I always tell myself, Chia, is, is when I ever get that fear and that resistance that comes into play whenever we try something new or different, which is obviously the situations that you're putting yourself into every day during this 100 days, is I ask myself, okay, what's the worst that can happen? And when I truly realistically think about the worst thing that can happen, it's never bad at all. It's not what I initially think of. And I, my brain, and just like everybody else's brain, we go to the extreme in terms of the worst thing that could ever happen. And it's just a secure, it's just like a human nature, you know, our security mechanisms. And, um, you know, a lot of these innate things that go on in our minds that we don't necessarily need anymore with the world we live in. You know, if it, maybe if we lived in caveman days, we would respond to every single fear like we should to stay safe and survive. But today, a lot of the fears that are entered in, to, into our brain because of this, the world we live in aren't necessarily ones that we should listen to. And I, oh man, I just love this idea. And just thinking about you doing this and putting yourself out there scares me. I feel scared and I and I'm trying to imagine you like me being you and putting yourself out there like I my heart would beat and I still and people have heard me say this on the podcast before when I get into situations where I'm I'm with people who I've never met before and I have to introduce myself or maybe you might be in a group setting where everybody one by one kind of talking about who they are and what they do. I mean, my heart is pumping and every person that's getting closer and closer before it's my turn, like I am sweating bullets, my palms are sweating, like that fear just comes in and and, and I'm like, why Why am I so worried? Um, it's just it's just how we are as, as humans and I think it's really smart that in sort of the same way when you fear something, you just do it, right? Like if, if you're scared of spiders, you just put yourself in a container full of spiders and then you'd eventually see that, you know, you have nothing to be afraid of. Although I would never do that. 
<laughs> because you would die a thousand deaths in a container of spiders, uh, apparently. This is what I think. And anyway, sorry, I'm just rambling on here. But but I think this is really cool. And 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 some one of the commenters on, on this podcast episode says, it is dangerous to always be on the safe side. Oh, yeah, it's it extremely dangerous. And because it, it kind of um, talked about, you know, you talk about what's the worst thing that can happen, right? Mm-hmm. I thought about that myself. And I thought, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen is where I am right now. I'm telling myself these stories about how dangerous it is to ask these questions, how other pe- the other person will reject me, will dislike me, will make comments about me. Uh, you know, I, and that story will will stop me from making that request. And that's the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. I so the worst that. thing that happen is me not asking, not not like the other person says no to me. Once I get that, I'm like, you know, now I know what the I now know. I used to think, you know, rejection is is so negative, right? It's so painful. That's why you avoid it. That's how somehow by avoiding a negative turns into positive. That's actually not the case. The worst the the worst thing is you're you're already rejecting yourself, and the world is ignoring you. That's the worst thing. It felt safe, but over the long term, that's the worst thing you can do to yourself. Yeah, I I completely agree, and and I couldn't have said it better myself. So, man, thank you for that. Now. In your quest, in your 100 days of rejection, were there anybody, was there anybody that said yes to what you asked for? Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> there actually, there were a, a lot. Actually, as I, you know, I, I became, the thing is, I became better and better at asking. And, and I found out there are key things you can do so people can respond to you positively. You know, mainly you want to have your, uh, your body posture right, you want to have eye contact. But the, the thing is, you know, a lot of depend on how the energy you give out, right? But one one episode that really changed this whole thing was really episode three. You know, the uh, where I went to, uh, you know, I, I I used to live in Austin at the time. Um, I went to a Krispy Kreme, uh, the, uh, the donut shop, and I asked them to make me donuts that look like Olympic rings. Um, you know, if you can link five donuts together and make them look like that Olympic rings, you know, it was, it was a year of the London Olympics. Mm-hmm. And so I went in and this shift leader, she took my order and she, I was trying, I was just trying to get rejected, right? There's no way they could do that. And she took me so seriously and she was like jotting down notes and thinking over how she could do this, how she could use the, her machine to, to make it happen, not, not fall apart. And then 15 minutes uh, later, she came out with a box of donuts that looked like Olympic rings. Wow. And she actually did it. She did it. And she gave it to me for free. You know, ask how. And at that moment, I was so floored because my, my rejection attempt rejected. You know, <laughs> and I, I said, you know what, I will, however you want, I will pay you however much you want. And she's like, no, 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 that's on me. You know, and, and I was like, are you serious? She was like, sure, it's on me. And she didn't know I was filming all this. And I just, I just. I came out of that um, that shop. My my view of humanity changed because this whole I used to think you know I need to get used to rejection. This is a tough tough world out there. You need to just keep toughening yourself up. But now I'm like, wow, there are po- there are possibilities that people can say yes to you if you ask the right way, or if you're just nice. Give you you can give people a chance to say yes. And there are people out there like like that person. You know, her name is Jackie Brown. Um, and she, Jackie, she later told me she was really looking for a challenge. You know, she loves, 
to fulfill requests and orders from customers because that you know that's what she wants to do. She wants to see the smile on customers' faces. So now it gave me uh, you know I felt the world is so dynamic than I originally thought. You know sometimes I just need to go out and ask and see what happens. Yeah, that that's so awesome. And I'll I'll link to that video uh, at Krispy Kreme on the show notes as well. Um, I I've seen that before, and I I remember when I was watching that, I was actually tearing up because I couldn't believe that this person went so far and beyond to fulfill your request. It was just so cool. I also remember in your video, you were like playing soccer in somebody's backyard. Is that something you asked somebody to do? <laughs> yeah. So later on, I, I went to a, uh, a stranger's house and I said, hey, can I play soccer in your backyard? And the guy was said, sure, come on in. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and then and he just sized me up and he saw me with a soccer ball with cleats and shin guards and all decked out. He was like, yeah, come on in. And so I don't know who was more confused at that moment. So, so I was, you know, later on, I, I, I went in and played a little bit and, you know, had him take a picture of me. So when I left, I just asked him, you know, why, why do you say yes to me? You know, I, I, did, I did not expect that. He was like, Oh, your request is so off the wall. How can I say no? <laughs> it just showed that people are incentivized or motivated by different, you know, emotional factors. You know, it's not black and white. You know, when we tell that story, you know, when when I, t- when I told that story in my head before I went in the house, I'm like, I hope he doesn't have a gun. You know, I, I mm. hope I'm, I'm safe after saying this. But it just turned out the guy was nice and he was just intrigued. Yeah, obviously you want to, if you're going to do something like this, you want to be safe and yeah. use common sense and stuff like that because there are dangerous people out there and things like that. But I sure. think it, it, I think it's really good to practice this. And this is something that, um, I can't remember the episode number off the top of my head, but Noah Kagan uh, came on the show. Um, he's over at um, AppSumo and Sumo Me. Yeah. He challenged all the listeners when he was on the show to go to Starbucks and ask for a discount. Yep. Just a very simple thing. And a lot of people actually did that and said it felt amazing. And a lot of them got rejected, but some of some of the Starbuckses said yes, too. And so I'm, I'm curious, do you have something for the listeners, perhaps a challenge that they can do, something easy, but also some somewhat challenging that we can all do? I'm going to do it myself, so we can all do this together and practice rejection. I think this is something that that is really, really important. And I even remember reading something similar in Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, before I got laid off, or, or excuse me, right after I got laid off, um, about going to, and this was an exercise. He said, you know, go to a mall, public area, and just lay on the ground on your back and just do like snow angels on the ground and just do that. And people are going to look at you. They're going to stare at you. I mean, the purpose of that exercise was just to know that, you know, to not have a care with, with what other people think who don't really matter and what you're trying to attempt. It's just kind of an exercise to, you know, get over those feelings that are going to stop you from succeeding. I think this is the exact same thing. So do you have anything in your head that you could share with us? One challenge that we could all do to get rejected together. And maybe everybody in the comment section of this post can talk about their experience doing that. So uh, I, and I haven't, I I didn't ask you to talk about this. I, this is just off the top of of my head right now. So I'm kind of curious. What, do you have anything for us? Maybe one of the things that you've done in the past or something new? Can I do two or has to be one? Uh, you could do two. You could do two. And, and everybody out there listening can can do one or the other or both. Okay. The first one is if you go to a store and go talk to a store manager and ask to speak over the store's intercom. Are you serious? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I tried that and uh, it was... Uh, and, and did you get rejected? 
Uh, no, I, I, yes, I did. I did get rejected. And the, the, I was, it was, I was at Costco and the person wouldn't let me do it. And, but the person was saying, you know, I mean, I, I did my best. I actually showed I'm a member. I spent thousands of dollars here. You know, who doesn't at Costco, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, and, but the guy was, you know, um, you know what, can I buy you a dinner? <laughs> wow. Really? So, so yeah, he bought me like hot dogs and pizza. Um, and, wow. um, so I didn't get to speak, but I, I, I left with a full stomach, <laughs> you know, maybe I shouldn't tell you this because, you know, not, you know, because now you all expect, um, yeah, people are going to be like, Hey, Costco, I heard that you can get a free meal by asking to no. Yeah. Um, so, okay. And, and obviously you don't want to be, you know, forceful and be no, like, don't. you know, just, this is a test to see if, what they say. Yeah. And I think if somebody were to say yes to me in that situation, I'd say something nice and positive over the microphone. So, yeah. um, okay. And then what's challenge number two? Challenge number two is go to, again, go to Starbucks, you know, uh, Noah's challenge is good. Now, when you are in line with, uh, just when before the, the person in front of you about to buy his coffee and say, Hey, can I buy your coffee? That's good. I've done, I do that actually oh, you, every once in a while. You do? Okay. I, I, I love that one. So I've already done one of the challenges, um, but I'll do that again. Cause it's just one of the best feelings. And one time I did that to, I, I heard, um, I overheard a, a man and his son, probably maybe seven or eight years old, just talking about how they were having a bad day. They needed to get this coffee really quick and just go to the next thing that they had to do. Apparently something happened. I, I don't know what, but right when I was purchasing, I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to buy the coffee for these guys too. And they were like, what? Like, no, 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 no. Like they kept denying it. They, I was like, no, no, I insist this, you know, I'm just trying to do something nice for somebody every, 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 every day, which is something I do try to do myself every day. Um, and they were floored and, and we sat down and had coffee. They stopped rushing and they just told me the whole story about what happened. And apparently the son had broken an iPad that they had just bought and they had this whole ordeal. The mother was upset. They were just very angry. And, uh, apparently through my asking to buy their coffee for them. And obviously the, the kid, I bought him a hot chocolate. Uh, everybody was happy and they're like, wow, we were having a terrible day until you asked us to, to, if we could buy coffee for us. Thank you. And it was one of the coolest things ever. Absolutely. And, and, and in my case, I did that. The guy in front of me was so happy and because it's unexpected kindness. Right. And the Starbucks baristas, they were like, what? You know what? Um, you know, the, the, you know, the coffee is for you is on us. It's, it's on the house. So oh, they give no me way. free. Co- yeah. So we when you do that, almost like everyone, everyone sees that it, it makes their day. Again, I can't promise uh, you, listener, that this would happen. You know, there could be someone who's like, "Why would you buy coffee for me?" Yeah, you know, I mean, I've, I, that's happened to me before too. Yeah, like, yeah. what do you think? I can't afford it or something like that. I know when that happens, which does, and it maybe it doesn't. It, it could be related to anything, even business wise, whatever. If something like that happens, when you are genuinely, genuinely trying to be nice, and and they don't respond in a way that you know is ideal, um, then that's not your fault, and no. that's that's you know. There's, there's two people involved. Sometimes the other one is, isn't always on the same wavelength. Yeah. And, and this is the one key takeaway from my, you know, my uh, learning journey, my 100 days of rejection learning is we, we always think rejection and acceptance is about us, right? You know, the, are we, is our offer good enough? You know, are we smart enough? Are we good looking enough? We always tell that story. It's about, it's about me. It's about me. Actually, it's really about that person. You know, you can make the same, you can make the same request to a hundred different people. You get, you know, maybe like 60 rejections and 40 uh, yeses. It's about that, you know, that person, it's about um, his education, his prejudice, his mood, his, 
experience, you know, it's everything about him on that, on that day, made him make that decision. Mm -hmm. It really has a lot of that have nothing to do with you. But we kept thinking that he somehow that rejection represent how the universe would treat us. That's why we were so afraid of it. You know, if you try this out, if you experiment with it, if you try it over a period of time, you would find so many fascinating things about, uh, you know, about humans and, and uh, also just, just human interaction. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing that with us. Um, and your story is incredible. I recommend everybody go get the book, check it out. Again, it's called Rejection Proof, and you can find it over at uh, fearbuster.com or on Amazon, of course. And uh, I think you have a special link for us, right? Yeah, it's at uh, Fearbuster. Fearbuster is my own website, uh, fearbuster.com uh, slash pat. It's just for for uh, you, uh, you know, passive listeners. Whether you're on uh, in Ask Pat or you're on you know passive income uh, in podcast, you can go there and find uh, uh, something special for you. Cool, perfect. Thank you so much for this. I think this is a, a great, unique show that that is necessary at this time of the year. You know, we've been working hard for four months, and uh, you know, it just so happens to be tax day today in the US at least. And so, you know, maybe we're down for whatever reason, but um, I think this is going to be a big pick me up for people. And I think these exercises, if you choose to participate, which I hope you do one or the other or both, um, you know, share that experience on this particular blog post um, on the site. This is episode 157. So if you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash 157, uh, excuse me, session 157, you'll get all the show notes and stuff and the links and the link to Jill's book but also you'll be able to discuss and share your experience with, with these fun little adventures of rejection. And uh, who knows, you might be surprised about what happens like the commenters said in the other posts where we had people test themselves as well. So this is really cool. Gia, thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing your story. And um, I think this is definitely gonna help out a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you, Pat. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jia Jiang. Once again, you can find them at fearbuster.com slash pat. Again, that's fearbuster.com slash pat. And in the comments section over at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 157, I'd love to hear what you think of this episode, obviously, but also if you do the challenge and you'll hear right after this, a little fun little audio file of me actually doing one of these challenges. So stay tuned for that. I also want to thank Ryan Moran of Freedom Fast Lane. Freedom Fast Lane is a podcast that I listen to. It's great. It's one of the only ones I listen to, actually. And it's cool because he talks about a freedom-based business and how to create a freedom-based business. But not only that, how to turn those profits into passive income as well. So taking things to the next level. You can check out his podcast at freedomfastlane.com slash pat. If you've never heard of him before, you can actually go back to episode 144 of the SPI podcast where he blew people's minds because he was teaching us all how to build a million-dollar business, e-commerce and Amazon and that sort of thing in less than 12 months. And he breaks it down to a step-by-step process and really lays it all out on the line for us. So again, you can check out Ryan's podcast at freedomfastlane.com slash pat, or you can look up Freedom Fastlane on iTunes. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. So again, check it out. Thank you all so much for listening in today. I really appreciate it. And for the reviews and the comments on the posts and the ratings, just it's it means so much to me. Thank you all. I appreciate you, and we'll see you next week when we talk with Brian Castle about how to productize your service-based business. I know a lot of you have a service-based business where you are in the business, and if it wasn't for you, the business would stop. Well, in that episode, we're gonna talk about how to automate that and monetize and productize your service-based business. It's gonna be great. 
Again, thank you so much. And show notes are available at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 157. See you on the blog. Thanks so much. And uh, here's that final audio of me at Starbucks. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. Can I get a grande americano, please? Uh, please. Can I get you any paninis for lunch? Uh, no, no thanks. No paninis. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. Do you mind if I buy you your drink? I'm trying to do something nice and random for random strangers. So, yeah. is that okay? Yeah. Cool. So, whatever you like. Passion chicken ice cream lemonade. You got it. What size? Uh, Benson, I guess. Sweet. Sweet. Yes. I'm Pat, by the way. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. No worries. Nice to meet you. I've never had anybody do that <laughs> ever. So, uh, I mean, give back. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. Pass forward. So. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.